Louisiana Ragin Cajuns fall on homecoming 20-17. to 17. A uh, walk-off field goal by South Alabama. Another tough loss for the Cajuns. We're going to talk about that and uh, also look ahead to a game coming up in nine days on the road in um, West Virginia against Marshall. Here to talk to us about that is the head coach of Louisiana Rage Cajun football, Coach Michael Desimo. Uh, coach, I wish we were uh, we were talking after a win, man. But um, you know, Saturday was was a heartbreaker. I know we've dissected it a little bit, and we're going to do it a little bit more here. But you know, we often ask how the team's doing, right? How the locker room's doing when things are when things are are, I guess not not victorious, if you will, right? As a team together. How are you doing right now, Coach? How is, um, you know, just I, I know I know how much it all means to you. I know you guys are working hard, and when the result isn't what you want, uh, three weeks in a row, I know it's difficult. So how are you feeling right now? Yeah, man, I, I'm good. You know, it's the thing that's difficult is, is shoot, you don't work any any less hard when you when you lose. You know, that's kind of sometimes the thing is is you're <laughs> you're working harder, spending more hours on it, and. uh you know, that's where it gets to be, you know, disappointing and all those things. But look, we've been fortunate around here for a long time. We we haven't we haven't lost many games and we've we've been on the other end of it and it's this is this is how it is sometimes. You you gotta you gotta work through the rough patches and you and you gotta grind it out and, and like I have said before, there are there are things that you believe in that you know work and, and it's it's certainly a results oriented business, right? But there's a process to it. And, you know, sometimes you're not getting the results that you want, but you just got to keep working through the process that you know works, that you believe in, and, and you'll get there and you'll get what you want. And we're getting closer. You know, you watch that tape and you turn it on and there are things on there that you just say, man, this is it. Like we got to bottle that up and we got to make this what we are and, and do this more consistently. Uh, and, and that's, that's what we're trying to do right now. You know, we're just going to keep working through the, through the rough patches and, yeah, get get a little bit closer every week. So we just got to keep doing that, and um, this team will get where we want it to be. I, I know that, and I believe it because we we do have the right type of coaches, players, and uh, staff involved here. So we'll get it where we need it to be. In in the first ten drives of the night, coach, it was just it was tough sledding offensively. Um, I think the longest sequence of the night was six plays, and then the last two drives, uh, it was. It was like something flipped. You know, you guys started moving the ball, and I don't think because it was a close game, it's not like South Alabama was doing very much differently on defense. Um, what, what in your mind, kind of just changed? What was it a was it a moment? Was it a play? Was it momentum? Like, what was? Why were you, you know, forty plays over the first ten drives, and then twenty nine on the final two, which you know resulted in points drives that ended in points that put that game very, very close to, to going to overtime. So, truthfully, the first the first half, the first drive of the game, you know, it wasn't long, but there were some explosives and got us down there, and we really kind of handled what they were doing very well, you know, aside from the first play, certainly. Um, and we get down there, and we miss, we, miss, we miss a chip shot field goal that we felt, you know, felt good about kicking, and for us, that's been part of it though, right? You know, we've kind of settled for some field goal attempts and we've been, you know, a little inconsistent there to say the least. Um, so the first drive, you know, you felt like, okay, we're on to something good here. And then, then, you know, it was kind of some of the things that it had been, it was untimely penalties or just kind of miscues that, 
kept you from from moving the ball. And then at the end of the half, we had two drives. We get down there, we get hit as we throw. Uh, we get we get MJ open for for a touchdown, and we we get hit as we're throwing it. They end up intercepting it. Our defense comes up big. We drive it back down there and get another field goal attempt. So we felt, you know, beginning of the first half and end of the first half, like we had a few drives there where we were moving it the way you want to. Um, and then the third quarter was just, you know, we couldn't really, we couldn't sustain. We were in some, some third and long situations that we just didn't convert on, you know, a uh, little bit, a little bit inefficient sometimes on second, second down, you know, kind of getting behind the sticks and you end up in third and third and eight. And that just, you know, that's a tough down to be in. Uh, and then those last couple drives of the game, it was just, you know, it was just guys executed really well. You know, we didn't really change a whole lot of what we were calling or what we were doing. Uh, certainly, you know, I mean, we were still the time that we had in that game. It wasn't like it was a two minute scenario where you, we had time to run in, throw the ball and mix it up and play our game. And, and our guys executed really, really well. Uh, you know, the second to last drive was, was really rolling. And then we had a, a penalty that took us back, uh, to first and 20, um, you know, that was, that was one that, you know, kind of, kind of kicks you in the gut a little bit, but we, we were able to get a field goal out of that, get us, keep us in the mix. And then the last drive certainly was, uh, was really well done. Um, our guys did a, did a heck of a job executing all the way down the field in a lot of different scenarios. Um, you know, we even had a first and 20 that we overcame on, on a call that, you know, that, you know, certainly when you're in the wrong in them, you feel like most of them are questionable, right. But, um, uh, overcame that and ended up scoring a touchdown down there, um, you know, that that was really, really just went out there and just executed the plan, you know, and we had quite a few drives there where we did it. Some of them, we just didn't finish those two drives. We were able to get points on the board. Yeah, the, you mentioned the, the penalty on the final drive. That negated the the one of the best highlights. I mean, I, I feel like if, if it's not negated, maybe it's Sports Center top 10, but Chris Smith uh, leaping over the defender. I know, you know, Chris, he's not the tallest guy, but – Man, that was that was impressive. I was standing in the back of the end zone, but you know, about about forty yards away. But seeing him go up and go over was that's just a reminder how talented that kid is. And I know, you know, from a rushing standpoint, it's you talked about it. There were there were some ebbs and flows, and it wasn't always clicking on on Saturday. But it it seems like at least as far as Chris goes, some of those explosive plays. He had a fifty-five yard gain. I mean, if you're just looking at the stat sheet you know, you got a 100-yard rusher. And I know that's something that overall maybe you're not grading out as A as far as the rushing attack goes, but to see a guy like Chris who you knew you knew he could get it going at some point, get it going, that was that was a good thing. That was a positive coming out of the game on Saturday. Well, there's no doubt. And like I said at the beginning, we're getting closer to what we want to be. You know, our, our up front, we played a lot better. Uh, we were able to get our backs loose a little bit. Uh, and certainly guys like Chris, I mean, we, everyone knows what they're capable of and we can get them loose a little bit. And I thought the backs played really did play well. They pressed the runs and they did a good job being decisive. So we're getting closer where we want to be. Uh, you know, we talk about all the time. I know no coach is ever going to get on here and say, yeah, we're good enough right here. You know, we're, we're good. We don't need to get any better there. Uh, and we certainly have a lot of room to improve. Uh, particular on offense, but you know we're getting closer to where we want to be. We're able to run the ball way more effectively uh, in in this last game, and that's something that we've got to be able to do. You know, I mean, to get this thing going the way you want to, you got to have it all kind of clicking together. And I think for our team, 
you know, we've got to be two-dimensional on offense. We, we cannot we're, – we're not going to be able to just run the ball down people's throats the way we want. We're not going to be able to just throw it 50 times either. We're going to have to continue to have a little bit of balance, and uh, and it was good to be able to get Chris loose a little bit and for our offensive line to, to play, you know, play the way they did last week. against to me, a really good South Alabama front. Coach Michael Desimar, guest. Uh, it's 103.3 The Goat. I'm Scott Prather. Coach, the – uh, final drive that we're talking about ending in the the Pierce Meagle touchdown. Um, I know with with the clock ticking down, you're, there's a lot of different strategies to go into it. Uh, you called a timeout, I think, after the Terrence Williams run. It was third and one with 50 seconds left. With uh, another timeout in your pocket after that, I think you had one more. Was there what goes into calling a timeout there as opposed to letting some time tick off? Like when it comes to the the clock and sort of the game within the game, what goes into that decision? And, and was it anything you considered? Should we do it sooner? Should we do it later? Should we let more tick off? Uh, if you don't mind, just, just touch a little bit on, on that decision in the moment. Yeah, no, we were, we were, uh, we weren't exactly lighting the world on fire on offense. We were just, we were trying to make sure we were in a good place so we could score a touchdown and, and tie the thing up. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, all those things kind of go back, go into it a little bit. But we felt like after the last two drives, we had all the momentum on our side. And, and, and honestly, Scott, I thought we were going to be able to win the game in regulation. Um, you know, we get a touchdown on the next play. And then we really, we had two timeouts left, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah. Uh, so for us, it was on, on then we were going to kick the ball off. We'd been pinning them back on kickoff cover. Uh, and felt like, you know, you had a chance to, shoot maybe get eg loose on a punt return and have a chance to try to kick a field goal to win the game so um no i mean to be honest with you if our defense had been struggling if it was a 45 to 52 game and you felt like all right well you know it's been a shootout the whole game certainly that plays in a little bit different but it's not like either offense had really uh had really been lighting the world on fire the way they were moving the ball and, and moving it up and down the field and um for us it was i wanted to make sure we were in the right play uh, you could go really fast from from having plenty of time to not enough time, especially when you know we were down there. We were in big personnel. We were in fourteen personnel. We're huddling every time. Um, definitely wasn't something that I was considering was letting the clock run and getting us to the point where then we're scrambling on fourth down to try to call a timeout and get the right play and do those things. So now in my mind, it was uh, it was all about you know we had momentum, capturing momentum, and, and trying to trying to find a way to win that game at the end. You mentioned your defense um, held South Alabama uh, to a season low by a good bit. I mean, their lowest output in the game, I think, was 31 at UCLA. Um, so, you know, it makes sense to that point, the way your defense had played. And Jordan Quibido was talking to us after the game, and I know he wasn't um, in the personnel on that final sequence defensive. We'd, you know, he was asked about it. He's like, look, you know, sometimes it's just – I, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially it was sometimes you just got to give your, your opponent credit, you know. I mean, they're they're trying to make the plays. We're trying to stop them, and uh, they just they made more on that final drive. And, um, you know, it was – look there for a moment, Coach. You had them, what, I think maybe third and ten. Uh, but, you know, like you mentioned, uh, the Jaguars are four and one, and I know that's um, – it's tough when you lose any games, but – you know, losing to them, having them there with that momentum at the end, man, if you could have gotten into overtime, how do you feel like that game would have played out? 
yeah, we felt great. I mean, I felt great about overtime after the game. It was, you know, someone asked me how close were you going for two? I wasn't close at all. Um, in my mind, all the momentum had, I mean, the pendulum had completely shifted and it was on our side. And I had no doubt that if we got them in the overtime, we were going to, we we're going to better win the football game. And you know that last sequence that they had on, on with their offense. Yeah. I mean, first, second down, they had two really ugly incompletions that, I mean, they were, they were out of sorts. And then on third and 10, they popped a big run, you know, uh, we hold them again. They complete a really, a really tough throw and catch where Eric Gare, I mean, is all over the receiver. I mean, he has, you know, got his hand in there. The guy makes a great catch and then they make another great catch to get him in field goal range. I mean, you know, those guys get coached too. They, uh, you know, their, their players have scholarships too. And, and their team has this year, they have found ways to win games. Uh, and I kind of talked about it a little bit leading up to South Alabama last year. You watch them on tape and you're like, this is a really good football team. They just kind of were finding ways to lose games a little bit. They weren't finding ways to win them. It, it's, they're a little bit like we are right now. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the opposites. Um, and this year they're finding ways to win games. And, and that's where, you know, like I said, we, we keep getting close and we're putting ourselves in position to have a chance in the end. And when you don't play particularly well, you know, and we haven't really the last, especially the last three weeks, we have not played really well in all four, in all three phases, um, to still have chances to win in the end. You know, I think it says a lot about the, the character of your team and the, and the grit that they have. Uh, but we've got to start playing better. And then in the end, we've got to find a way to close those things out and, and give ourselves, give our, give ourselves a win in the end. You know, uh, our kids are playing with unbelievable effort. Um, they, they, they believe in each other. I mean, it, it matters to them to say the least and, and we're getting closer. Uh, but that's not what anybody's here for, right? No one's here for moral victories. We're here, we're here to win football games and, you know, we just, we gotta, we gotta play a little bit better. We gotta continue to fix the things we've got to fix. And, and in the end of the game, we, we've got to close them out and we gotta, we gotta finish it as a team. Coach Michael Desmo, our guest. I'm Scott Prate, the great Scott show, 103.3 The Goat. Chandler Fields, uh, your quarterback exited, uh, Ben Woldridge. You know, I think he took the final two possessions of the first half and then was told at halftime it'd be him the rest of the way. You said, as far as playing both guys, if one guy ever got hurt, God forbid, I think was the phrasing, you know, that the, the other guy, you know, if it was Chandler, that Ben would be ready. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case moving forward. I, I, I don't know that we'll get a health update on Chandler, but I, I do have to ask you how he's feeling. And then the follow-up, you can just answer after. And how would you would you grade, you know, Ben's performance now that he had an opportunity to, you know, have multiple possessions in a row um, within the, the context of a game. So, yeah, you know, we'll get we'll get a health update a little bit on, on Chandler today. I, I knew he was banged up a little bit coming out of uh, out of the UL Monroe game, uh, but it didn't affect him in practice, really. You know, he had a great week of practice all week. Uh, you know, sometimes those things, it's, you know, when you get in the game at quarterback, you know, you don't get hit during the week. So you never really know how someone's going to respond. So last week we made sure that Ben got – got enough reps with the, with the first group, uh, you know, and had Zion getting some reps with the second group, just in case if something would happen where Chandler couldn't go. And, you know, he came out, came out in the game and you could tell, I think early on that he was just kind of not, not, not really himself. Uh, and after he took a couple hits on the sideline, our athletic training staff was like, ah, you know, I don't know if he's going to be good to go. And kind of the more it went, 
you know, we just decided, listen, we're not going to put this kid in a position where he's got to go out there and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's not the right thing for the kid, you know, to put him out there where he's got to, he's got to play through it hurt. And, you know, we've talked about it before. The big thing is that we did feel like both of those guys deserve to play and felt like it would be good for our team in the long run. And so for Ben, he was ready for the moment. Um, yeah, I, I think Ben, Ben plays with, Ben, ben is one of the toughest dudes that I know. I mean, the way that he plays the game, he is tough as can be. He's he's provides energy for our team. He our offense, you know, he knows how to get them going and he sparks them a little bit. Uh, I, I say it all the time, you know, when you play quarterback, you're going to miss some, and and there were certainly some of them out there that I thought we had. We had it where we had some guys open. Felt like he could have moved in the pocket a little bit and and had some guys down the field that we could have hit. But that's always part of it, you know. I mean when you're in the fire and you're in the pocket, it's, it's a lot easier to, to sit on the sideline and, and, and hold the remote and say, well, this is what we should have done. Uh, you know, the guy plays with, with, with a lot of toughness and I never question that about him. I think for him, there's probably quite a few of them that he'd like to have back some, some plays down the field that we could have hit, but he did make some big ones too. Uh, the third in, in 12 throw to Peter LeBlanc was huge. I mean, he steps up, slides in the pocket, throws the ball. Pete makes a great catch. You know, that was a huge one at the end of the game on that drive. Uh, so he certainly made, made his share of them. You know, his interception, like I said, we had a guy open and it's a touchdown and Ben actually saw it and, and communicated to the receiver on the play. It was a great decision. We just lose in protection a little bit late. He gets hit as he's thrown ends up an interception, but I, I thought Ben did a lot of really good things for us. Um, you know, and this week we'll work really hard to, to keep the quarterback play, um, to get it really to a higher level than what it has been and, and go out there and, and continue to let those guys play good football for us. So if if Chandler ends up being healthy, do you foresee any changes to the setup? Is that a decision that comes later, or you know, is it something you're still thinking about? I think that's a decision that we're going to have to go through, you know, because even if he gets in position to be able to go out there and, and throw the ball well at practice, in the back of your mind you're still worried about the contact part of it, you know, so we're going to have to kind of play that by ear. And I think the good thing about this is that we do play, you know, we play it next Wednesday. So we've still got nine days before we've got to play that game. Uh, you know, so we're just going to have to play it by ear a little bit, but I'm not going to put Chandler in a position, you know, maybe if the guy's a senior and this is it for him and that's all he's got left, but you know, you put him in a position where you go out there and you get him hurt for the long term, And that's, that's not good for him. That's not good for our team. So uh, I said it from the beginning. We, we felt like we had two quarterbacks that could, that could win football games for us. Uh, and we're not going to, we're certainly not going to put one out there. That's that, that can't play the game the way it needs to be played. Because I think for Chandler, he's got to be able to use his legs. He's got to be able to run the football uh, to be effective in the pass game too. I, I think it, he's a better player when he's got, everything kind of going in the right direction and he's got all all of his tools at his disposal and I think if he's one dimensional I don't think that that's a good thing for him I don't think that sets him up for success coach Michael Desimo our guest uh I'm Scott Prather it's 103.3 the goat coach the um last just last health question I know that you know when it comes to within a game when a player is hurt you know if they were a little nicked up coming in you have more insight perhaps like it is with Chandler when it happens during a game, I know Chris Smith and, and David Hudson there on that last drive uh, came out, but 
Hudson, it might have been a little before the last drive. I don't remember exactly when. But, like, when when do you generally get – because coaches have different approaches. Maybe they don't talk about it at all. Maybe they say – as far as the media goes, maybe they say, hey, look, you'll get a, 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 you know, a depth chart as we get closer to the game. And, you know, sometimes you know in the moment. Sometimes you don't know for days. So I guess my question is more sort of how the, 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 the sausage is made, so to speak, or how the boudin is made. Like, when do you get a clear picture with an injury on game day – uh, if it's not a season ender, right? I mean, there's some that, unfortunately, if it happens, everybody in the stands can see that's 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 unfortunate. He's probably not going to play again this year. But when it's something else, guy limps off, whatever. I know, I know, I'm kind of getting in a gray area here. But what's that process like for you as the head coach, as far as when you learn, and then what's your approach to? You know, if someone in the media asks you when when you would prefer to maybe let the word out, if at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, so everything's a, every injury is a little different. Um, our, our athletic training staff does a great job, and Chris Litt has done a, a really good job with our players. You know, especially as many guys we had coming off of surgeries and off of injuries from last year in the off season, things like that. Uh, so our kind of our protocol in the game is as soon as someone comes out, they're evaluated, and our head athletic trainer comes to me immediately and tells me where we're at right now and and that might be hey the guy's out for the game we're still trying to figure out if he can come back you know kind of there, there's a lot of you talked about gray there's a lot of gray in an injury right and figuring out where they're at um so he comes to me then he goes to our special teams uh guys and lets them know who's in and who's out because that's that's a lot of times where the uh confusion comes in you know you think someone's in and well they're banged up so their backup's not ready to go um, so we, we do it that way, and that way we're all on the same page. Um, and as an offense, we communicated on the headsets. As a defense, I'll let the defense know kind of what the injury status is at the moment. Um, and, you know, some of the guys you can get back in right away. Some of them it takes a little while. Some of them are, are done. So you just kind of try to communicate that so everybody's on the same page with who's in and who's out. Uh, you know, as far as for figuring out what you tell the media, well, there's a certain – there's some privacy for the player that you that you don't want to violate either. You know, you, you certainly don't want to put it out there exactly. You don't want to be too specific about what an injury is because I, I think that's something that, you know, you don't want that kind of getting out of your camp because for a team, you know, I mean, you certainly would hope that football teams are going to do things the right way. But if, oh, well, so-and-so's ankle sprain, you know, well, you know, you would hope that teams wouldn't play this way, but they might be going after someone's ankle, right, or, or whatever the case may be. So, you know, you, you, for the player's safety and for their own privacy, you don't want to put too much out there. Um, and then, you know, realistically, a lot of times, I mean, these guys, as competitive as they are, a lot of them are day-to-day. You know, I mean, they, they want to play. So some of these injuries, it's it's a pain tolerance thing. It's, well, if they can manage the pain, they can play. So, you know, we've all been there as players and, you know, as a coaching staff and as a training staff, you try to, you try to manage, Hey, what, what's safe for us to be able to put this guy out there? You know, will it get any worse if he plays um, or will it not? Is it just a pain tolerance thing? And, and certainly that's been in the news right now, you know, with what happened with Tua with the Miami Dolphins and, you know, player safety is always the first priority and you never want to put a player in jeopardy where they can't go do their job and they can't play uh, the game that they need to play the way they need to play it. So there's just a lot of decisions that go into it. And certainly the player has a role in it too. You know, some guys, they, 
some guys they can manage, they can play with pain, they can play through it, and some some guys cannot. And it doesn't mean they're not tough. It's just everything's a little bit different, and all those injuries kind of are different. Usually on Monday is kind of when we get a little bit clearer picture uh, because Sunday we've been able to get them evaluated by doctors really, really well. We've been able to get an MRI or whatever we need to do to get a, 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 an image, you know, that the doctors can, can evaluate as well. Um, so usually Monday by midday, typically we've got a little bit better picture of where we are. Uh, but with a 10-day turnaround, you, you feel like, okay, well, some of these things that kind of nag a little bit, maybe we can get through and get some of these guys back this week. Speaking of the 10-day turnaround, uh, it's a bye week or kind of a mini-bye, just the way the schedule uh, is laid out. What's what's the approach, um, you know, aside from maybe giving the players a few days off, is there anything um, maybe that you would do different with, with the midweek game than than, uh, than than the previous regime or what what's your – how do you approach this week? I guess that's just the simplest way to ask it. It's a it's a mini buy of sorts where you're at as a team and and you know getting ready for a trip to a a tough team in Marshall a week from Wednesday. Sure. So there's Tony Dungy has a bunch of books out and um and and one of his books I think it's Mentor Leader he talks about he said I you know he has a quote in there and says I truly believe and I know wholeheartedly that three days is all you need to prepare for a game for any game. And he's talking about the Super Bowl and talking about how coaches can, can overdo it and basically screw it up when you have too much time. Um, and you have too, too big of a game plan, right. And you, and you, you can't execute it. Uh, so for us, it's always a little bit unique Scott in that we have a lot of these short turnarounds later in the year. So you've got to, as a coaching staff, we're able to give our players some time off physically, um, you know, a couple more days than normally what they'd have. Uh, but as a coaching staff, you've got to kind of work ahead on some things that you have on short turnarounds. Um, you know, Georgia Southern and Southern Miss are both going to be quick turnarounds for us a little bit later in the year. Um, but you still are able to gain a couple of days on Marshall where you can spread out that game plan and you're not maybe burning the midnight oil till one or two o'clock in the morning. You know, maybe you can, you can work a little bit, uh, a little bit more effectively with a little bit more time and still kind of work in the same manner where you're still a lot in the same amount of time is just spread out over a little bit more time. Uh, for us with the players, there's, there's, when you have a long week, there's always a little bit of time where you can really work on the fundamentals and you can get back to some of those practices where it's like, Hey, this is not game plan specific. This is uh this is good on good. This is, you know, ones against ones, twos against twos doing our base offense, base defensive things that we do. Uh, working more individual time where we can work on the techniques and the fundamentals that have shown up that through the first uh, five games that we need to get fixed, right? Things that we need to work on. So you, you got some time for all that, which is a good thing. Um, and certainly there's a little bit more time for them physically to rest. So for us, basically, we just kind of play in the week backwards from Marshall and say, all right, that's Saturday. And you work backwards from there. Um, and you take the extra days and you do the extra work, maybe on the short week turnarounds that you need or, on some Marshall stuff that you can kind of get started on a little bit sooner and start that game plan process a little bit earlier. But, you know, I mean, the reality of it is that seven days, you you have enough time to game plan for a team to get ready to go play. Um, I think sometimes, you know, as coaches, when you, when you have more time than that, that's the challenge. You know, we, at the beginning of the year, that's, that's always an issue. You know, if you take two weeks to game plan for a team, well, you put yourself in jeopardy of probably having too much stuff in there, right, or probably overthinking some things. So um, there's kind of that fine line that you try to walk. And I think uh, for us, 
in this conference, it's a little bit unique because a bye week's not a true bye week because there's always some things on the back end that you've got to be ready for. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, this bye week, you know, you play the next one on Wednesday. So it's not like it's a true, you know, 14-day break where you've got this plan that you can structure out. So every year, it, it's certainly a little bit different every year. And for us, we've kind of looked ahead at the rest of the schedule um, and, and kind of where the problem areas could be down the line and said, okay, well, this is, we need to get some work done here, here, and here. And, um, you know, for the coaching staff, it's kind of, you know, you got to make a little bit of an adjustment there and, and kind of keep working through it. But, uh, but our coaching staff does a really good job of that. And, you know, they're, uh, we, we, we were up here yesterday kind of working on some things that we need to work on moving forward. Marshall is up next, but it is a week from this Wednesday on the road. And, um, you know, I, I would ask you typically about the next opponent in our conversations, Coach, but I think you and I might chat one more time before that game. So I've, I, I saved it for uh, for the next chat. I appreciate you joining us this morning as you do uh, every Monday during the football season, uh, being candid and open about everything. And um, look forward to our next chat. In the meantime, man, I'll, I'll let you get back to work. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you, man. You got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach, Michael Desimo.